like to say good morning to everyone. Good morning. We have a copy of God's Word. That's where we'll find ourselves this morning in God's Word. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11. In Hebrews chapter 11, we'll be looking at verses 11 and 12. The main point of our outline here this morning is on true faith, how it may not be perfect, but it conquers doubt. And we'll be looking at God's promise, God's faithfulness, and God's power here this morning in our faithfulness. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 11 through 12. Be ready to turn to Genesis as well here in a few minutes. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 11 and 12. Here the writer of Hebrews, inspired by the Holy Spirit, writes, By faith Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she was since she considered him one man and him as good as dead were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seesaw this is god's holy word it is hard to wait on god isn't it? it? It is. It is hard. Life, at times, seems like a parade of issues, a parade of circumstances, a parade of difficulties, a parade of sadness, a parade of sin, a parade of envy, a parade of heartbreak, a parade of discontentment. Life seems that way at times. And, and, and how many times have you prayed repeatedly for the same things over and over and over again, only to learn that God's answer is wait or no or not yet? And it's in those times we are often tempted to become impatient and, and frustrated with God. And perhaps even worse, we are tempted to play God, to be God, seeking our own glory. It, it, it is in the times of, of waiting waiting where we see ourselves and, and, and the weakness of our faith more clearly. It is in the difficult times where we see that really our, our doubt is really unbelief. It is in those times that we find that God is yet merciful. He, he is merciful and, and he ministers to us through his word in our weakness. He, he understands, beloved, that we're slow to believe. 
We're, we're slow to believe in him. We're slow to believe in Christ. And, 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 and it's in the, it's in the waiting that, that really the blessing comes. The blessing is not what we're waiting on. The, it's in the midst of the waiting that we, we re- gives us himself. You see, it's in the waiting where God takes away and he doesn't give us things that, that we desire. Perhaps he takes away the things that we're looking to support our lives. God takes those things away and all we have is him. That's a blessing by holy God. God gives us himself. When we're waiting, the blessing is that we have nobody but God. It, it is in those times where we're focused and we're focused, if, if we're true believers, we're, we're focused upon the fact that God is loving, that, that he is patient. And even as we struggle in the faith that he is a forgiving God, it is in the times of waiting where, where he causes us to, to, to run to Christ, to cling to Christ, to cherish Christ as the treasure of heaven. We need the knowledge of Christ, beloved, in the times of our waiting, in the time of our lack, because it is Christ. It is his sufficiency. It, this is the grace that God gives us. The grace that God gives us in the waiting is the knowledge of himself the knowledge of Christ, the blessing that we that we have in Christ, that we're saved by faith in him. And that one day he will come back and bring us with him. The psalmist said it this way of those who wait upon God and the blessing it is to to wait and, and look to him Psalm 34, verse 5 says this, those who look to him are radiant. (laughs) Those who look to God as he has revealed himself in his word, the psalmist says they're radiant. (laughs) They're radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. This is what God is after in the waiting. Second Corinthians 3 and 18, Paul says it this way. And we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is spirit. The, the Lord is, is at work in, in the waiting. He is at work uh, uh, enabling us to focus upon him and be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. And today we'll see an example of one who had faith, true faith, and, and though her, her faith was not perfect, her faith, conquered her doubt. Today we'll see Sarah. Sarah is Abraham's wife. And Sarah herself was also faithful. Look with me at the text. And I'm reading from 
the ESV this morning. We'll see here Sarah's faith. And we have to make a, a textual comment in regards to uh, what we have before us here this morning. The ESV reads, by faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive. The NIV, the nineteen eight. Uh, the 1984 edition of the NIV makes Abraham the subject. So if you have the NIV 84 edition, it reads this way. By faith, Abraham, even though he was past age and Sarah herself was buried, was enabled to become a father because he considered him faithful who had made the promise. The NIV, the 2011 edition, it, it corrects this, this translation and it puts Sarah as the subject. It, the, the 2011 NIV edition says, uh, uh, it says, and by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. So I just want to make that textual note here this morning, just in case you have the NIV 84 edition. The focus is no doubt upon Abraham, but Sarah's faith played a part in what happened to Abraham as far as the fulfillment of the promise by God. So notice the text. It says, by faith, Sarah. Sarah, notice, is characterized by the same faith that her husband had. We talked about Abraham last week. Sarah is characterized by the same faith as Abraham. And what's significant here about Sarah is, is that she is remembered, not for her failures. She and Abraham both failed. Time and time again, Abraham wasn't a good husband. He, he tried to give her away twice. You know, and and yet the text says that God remembers her faith. He, he, the focus is not on Abraham's struggles, nor nor Sarah struggles and failures. Ultimately. It's about her faith. Her faith triumphed over her initial unbelief. And if we think about the fact that Sarah is remembered for her faith, just think about the fact that she was Abram's before his name was changed. He, he was Abram. She was Abram's wife. And she was there when he received the promise that God would make him a great nation. She was there. She was right there by his side, supporting him. It took great faith for her to follow Abraham to an unknown place that God would give them as an inheritance. It took faith to do that. And when they got there, when they got to the, 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 the land of inheritance, the land of promise, Year after year, they lived as nomads in a tent. They didn't live in a house with a white picket fence. 
they lived in tents and 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 really didn't have any even though they were in the land of inheritance they really didn't possess the land yet and there was Sarah right there with him by his side she was in it with her husband together following submitting to According to First Peter chapter two, I think verse three, submitting to her husband. No, oh, it took great faith. It it took it took great faith. So so Sarah, she had faith, but her faith was not without challenges. And this is where God's promise comes into play. The greater challenge for her was not to go to an unknown place. The greater challenge wasn't for Sarah to uh, be living in, in day by day in, in tents, perhaps made with goat skins. The, the greatest challenge wasn't the fact that they had to leave the, 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 the prosperous uh, city that they were in. No, the... The, the greater challenge for Sarah had to be in the promise where God promised Abraham that that his descendants would be too many to be numbered. Genesis chapter 15, verse five. If, if this was to be true, if this was to come true, Abraham had to have children. He, he had to have children if God's promise was to be fulfilled. The, 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 this, this, no doubt, was Sarah's greatest trial of faith. They, this, 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 this trial, this, this long, remember in Genesis 11 and 30, it said that Sarah was barren. She had no child. She was, in a sense, thorough. She couldn't have children. And here it is. She, she, she probably heard from, from Abraham. Abraham came and told her, God is going to make me a great nation. He's going to give me so many descendants. And, and Sarah is barren. Turn, turn, turn back to Genesis chapter 17. Let's get a little bit more insight into this it took great faith for sarah to to believe that that she could bear a child uh particularly at an old age genesis chapter 17 genesis chapter 17 we'll start our reading at verses one through six This is God making the, the covenant of circumcision with Abram at the time. Genesis 17, verses 1 through 6. It reads, when Abram was 99 years old. Notice the, the time, the, the, the age of, of Abraham and Sarah. When Abram was 99 years old, he left. He left. For the land of Canaan, he got the promise. He left for the land of Canaan at 75. It's 
It's been about 25 years almost. And Sarah was barren the whole time. When Abram was 99 years old, the, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless, that I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. Then Abram fell on his face. And God said to him, Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. You know, it's the certainty in that. I have, I have made you. The, the certainty of this promise. Verse 6, I will make you exceedingly fruitful and I will make you into nations and kings shall come from you. Drop down to verse number 15. And God said to Abraham, now he has a new name. Name and signifies the, the sovereignty one has over another. And God said to Abraham, as for Sarah, Sarah, uh, Sarah, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarah. You shall call her Sarah shall be her name. Listen, verse 16, I will bless her. And moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her and she shall become nations. Kings of people shall come from her. Then Abraham fell on his face. He didn't, feel, he didn't fall to worship. He fell on his face and laughed. And said to himself, shall a child be born to a man who is a hundred years old? Shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? Then Abram said to God, oh, that Ishmael might live before you. And we know how Ishmael, uh, Ishmael came about. It was Sarah trying to work it out and uh, had Abraham go and be with Hagar. It said Abraham said, and she had and Hagar had Ishmael by Abraham. Again, it took faith uh, for for Sarah to to go through all of this. Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. God said, No, but Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call him his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and multiply him greatly. And he shall father 12 princes and I will make him into a great nation. But I will establish my covenant with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this time next year. Sarah had been barren for a long time. She's 90 years old. 
keep going forward look look at genesis chapter 18 and we'll see sarah's struggle here genesis chapter 18 verses 1 through 15 and the lord appeared to him by the oaks to to abraham of uh my my uh memory memre uh as he sat at the door of his tent in the heat of the day he lifted up his eyes and looked and behold three men were standing in front of him when he saw them he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed uh, himself to the earth and said oh lord i have found favor if i have found favor in your sight do not pass by your servant and then uh he commands that water be bought to to wash their feet and and that uh, uh the bread be made and that sarah would go and that she would uh, knead flour and make cakes and look down at verse number nine they said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? And he said, Sarah is in the tent. The Lord said, I will return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door behind him. Now, Abram and Sarah was old, advancing years. The way had ceased to be with Sarah. She was in menopause, she laughed to herself, saying, after I am worn out and my Lord is old, shall I have pleasure? And in a sense, this is a sense of sadness and shame and disbelief in, in, in Sarah. The Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? and say shall i indeed bear a child now that i'm old is anything too hard for the lord at the appointed time i will return to you about this time next year and sarah shall have a son but sarah denied it saying i did not laugh for she was afraid and he said no but you did laugh sarah struggled didn't she and 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 it was both Sarah and Abraham. They they real if if you pay careful attention to our reading, both Sarah and Abraham realized the impossibility of having a child. And, and the story builds. It, it there's a promise, and then there's an impossibility. That there's an impossibility that that Sarah and Abraham naturally would have children. The text says that she and Abraham was old and advancing years. And 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 the the the, the time had passed for Sarah to, to bear children. And it was this is the most important thing. It was beyond human control. The 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 meeting of this promise that God gave to Abraham that he would have a son was beyond human control. Now let's turn back to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Back to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11. Notice it says, by faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive 
even when she was past the age. But by faith, Sarah overcame this double impossibility of being sterile and being past the childbearing age. A 90-year-old woman who had never had a child got pregnant and gave birth. Sarah's womb received from God the power or the ability to receive Abraham's seed and conceive life. She received the ability to conceive beyond the proper time in life when it's impossible for a woman to give birth to a child. Turn to, turn back to Genesis one more time. Genesis 21. Genesis 21. And this is approximately a year after God has said that Sarah would bear a child. Isaac, verses 1 through 7, the Lord visited Sarah as he said, and the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. The Lord did it. The, the Lord, did you get that? The Lord did it. And Sarah conceived. The Lord did as he had promised, and Sarah conceived and bore Abram a son in his old age at the time of which God had spoken. It was in God's timing. It was by God's grace. It was by God's power. And Abram called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah, the, the emphasis is all Upon the fact that God had come through. Abram called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son, Isaac, when he was eight days old, as God had commanded. And Abraham was a hundred years old when, when, when his son, Isaac, was born to him. And Sarah said, God made me. God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh over me. This is a sense of joy for Sarah that God has, has, has come through. And she said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse a child? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. God came through and he fulfilled his promise on his time. And this is this is possible because of who God is. Look at go back to Hebrews chapter 11. We'll look at the rest of verse 11. It says by faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age since you had God's promise now 
she focused upon God's faithfulness since she considered him faithful who had promised. The focus here is not so much on Sarah's faith, but on the faithfulness of God to his promises. God made a covenant promise with Abraham and Sarah, and she had faith in God's character that he would keep his word since or because she considered, she judged that God, the, the, that God is, is faithful. He is trustworthy. Even as she faced the impossibility of her having a child, she considered God to be faithful. And this is what faith is all about. This is, this is faith that the author defines in verse one of Hebrews chapter 11. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. You don't see it. God made a promise and she hoped that God would keep his promise. And faith is the assurance of those things. God would do it. And the conviction of things not seen, the writer says. Faith, Sarah's faith, our faith is, is the human response to the word of God and, 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 and our trust, the answers to his truth. Our faith answers to his faithfulness. Second Timothy 2 and 13 says, if we are faithless, he, God, remains Faithful, he cannot deny himself. You see, that's where the strength comes from. It comes from the fact that God is God and he will always be God. He will never change. Numbers 23 verse 19 says, God is not man that he should lie or the son of man that he should change his mind, he has said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not fulfill it? If God has given us a promise in his word, he will keep it. But the, the, the issue is, is what he has promised, not what we want, not what we desire, but what God has promised. She judged, she considered him faithful. Why did she consider him faithful? Because of how God has revealed himself to her. God is all powerful. He is able to keep his word. If it was left up to Sarah and Abraham, Isaac would have never been born. The, the, their plans to achieve God's promise failed. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verses 13 to 14 says this. Consider the work of God. Who can make straight what he made crooked? God had purposed that Sarah be barren until the time he determined that she would give birth. She couldn't fix it. 
in her power. Solomon says, consider the work of God. Who can make straight what he has made crooked? He says, in the days of prosperity, be joyful. And in the day of adversity, consider God has made the one as well as the other so that man may not find out anything that will be after him. Basically, God is sovereign and he has made it where you can't figure him out. You can't figure out what lies ahead. You can't figure out what's around the corner. All you got is the fact that God is who he says he is and what he has promised. No matter how hard Sarah tried, she couldn't straighten what God had made crooked. And, and, and God, this is where God's power come in. God waited until their bodies, Abraham, Sarah's body, was withered. He waited until it was humanly impossible. He waited until when all can look back upon Abraham and Sarah and say, God did it. And this is why God, and even in this, and even in this, this trial for Sarah and Abraham, we learn something about God. Remember back in Genesis chapter 17, verse 1, it started out. It started out and God revealed his name. He revealed his name. He says, Genesis 17:1, I am God Almighty. El Shaddai. El means strong one. Shaddai means all powerful. He said that to Abraham, who no doubt told Sarah. And then God, in a way, told Sarah. Genesis 18, chapter 14, is anything too hard for the Lord? This is God's grace. This, this is God's grace. Genesis 18, 14, is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you about this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. This is God's grace. Even after the failure of Abraham and Sarah, God says, he didn't judge him. He comes and says, and in the midst of Sarah's doubt, is anything too hard for the Lord? No doubt strengthening her faith. Building her up. Is anything too hard? And it is clear again that this miraculous birth is by God's almighty power. He is able to do the impossible. And this sets us up for Elizabeth, Hannah, who all had miraculous conceptions. And they all point to Christ. God is God was merciful to, to Sarah, even as she struggled. He was gracious to her and 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 revealed his character to, to help her to continue to believe. This is who I am, Sarah. Abraham, this is who I am. Keep walking. Keep believing. 
You fail. You struggle over here. This is who that's God's grace. Can you see it? That's God's grace to us. His name, who he is. God helped them to continue to believe in him. And it's in the moving from unbelief to belief where we are come to know that our hearts now are fastened to him. Look at verse 12. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants, as many as the stars of heaven and as many as innumerable uh, grains of sand as the seashore by the seashore. Sarah's faith became, was the means God used to make Abraham the father of a multitude that no one can number. And, and, and for them, they were just thinking about son. God had a big, the promise was bigger than just a son. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, I think. I think that's, that's the verse. He came to multitude of no, that, that no one can know. As I think about this, Abraham and Sarah had their son Isaac. And from Isaac ultimately came the Savior of the world. The, ultimately from, from Isaac came the, the whole household of faith. All of us who are who have trusted in Christ, we, we it could be said of us that we are uh, uh, children of Abraham. All because of Sarah's faith. Hebrews, this passage here in Hebrews helps us to see that that it, it didn't leave the question out there whether or not Sarah trusted God. Hebrews answers that question. She did. Her, her laughing and unbelief is not the, the last thing that we learn about Sarah. The, the, her the, her complex plan that she came up to help God keep his promise is not the last thing that we remember about Sarah. Scripture says the last thing we remember about her is that she had faith in God. She trusted in his promises. She had great hope despite the circumstances Despite the impossibility of the odds that she faced, she, she was a woman of faith. No, she struggled. Abram struggled with sin and doubt. But the issue was God was faithful. That's what it all goes back to. It all go back to 
God is faithful. God is trustworthy. We may stumble in unbelief. We may stumble in sin at times. But the grace that we have is the knowledge of who God is, the knowledge of who Christ is. And and the the heart to to trust in God, the the heart to, to seek God in his word. This is God's grace to us. And and we'll have to we'll have to fight through unbelief. We will have to fight through unbelief. Our faith will be tried just like Abraham and Sarah. Peter tells us that trials come so that our faith, uh, our faith of, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though even though it's refined by fire, may prove genuine and result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. This 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 is what this is what faith is all about. Trusting in the integrity of God to do what he has promised. And we are evidence of that even here today. So if we're going to continue on this journey of faith, we must learn to wait on God, wait on the Lord. He, he wait on his timetable. Wait, wait on him. You know, it's, 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 it's in the difficult times that, that God sends into our lives that drive us to the promises, drives us to the examples that we have in Scripture. It is those times of waiting that drives us to, to look at, at, at the examples that we have in Scripture of God being faithful. It is in those times that God drives us to himself. It is in, in those times where, where we learn to be silent before the Lord, where we learn to, to pray to him and to, to go to his word and to, to get to, to know something of, of his love for us. This, this, is, this is what God does. This is what a loving God does. What, what is God teaching you? In that area you struggle in. Where that, where you are having trouble waiting on him. What, what is he teaching you? Psalm 130 verses five and six says, I will wait for the Lord. My soul waits in his word. I hope my soul waits for the Lord more than the watchman for the morning, more than the watchman for the morning. Are you learning to wait? Are you learning to wait on God? Are you learning to hope in him? That's the question I leave you with this morning. Let us pray. Lord, the psalmist says, that we're to taste and see that the Lord is good. That we're to make our boast in you. And that we're to to seek you 
and, and, and that we're to, to look to your sovereign hand. And the psalmist says, those who look to you are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. Even in the, the midst of failure, in the midst of struggle, Father, it is what we know about you that you're holy, that you're compassionate, that you're loving, and that you will not withhold any good thing from us, that you are working all things together for our good because we love you. It, 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 is, it, it is you who are at work in us even as we work out our soul salvation with fear and trembling, you are working in us to will and to, to, to do your perfect pleasure. Father, you called us to be a people of faith who look to you, oh, not to the, not to, 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 to the things that, that, that you might do in our lives or, or, or to, the, to, to the things that, that are temporary. No, we're, we're to look to you and to you alone, even if you don't answer in our lifetime, like Abraham and Sarah. The promise was not ultimately fulfilled. The promise of the land of inheritance, the promise to see the, the, their, their descendants number as the sands of the sea. They didn't live to see all of that. And yet they trusted in you. May we have that same faith here this morning to trust in you, regardless of what is going on in our lives. And may that trust lead us to worship you and to bow down before you and boast in you and not in ourselves. Lord, we thank you. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.